Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. I'm talking with Chris Buzzi, Chief Information Security Officer of the State of Minnesota. Uh, thanks, Chris, for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Briefly, tell us about the information security operation in Minnesota. For years, the history in the state of Minnesota has been that all of the government agencies really handled information security on their own, and there was no centralization of security. What we've been doing over the past approximately two and a half years now is trying to shift from a completely decentralized security environment to more of a hybrid approach where I guess the challenge that we have is trying to figure out what we can do centrally to leverage our economy of scale and our resources. And then what are those things um, that still need to be handled um, down at the agency level? So um, in the past two years, we've been building out the central function, trying to put in place um, some core utility services that all government organizations can share and, and building up the capability of our security function. Basically, kind of starting over with a blank sheet of paper and trying to craft how the security program needs to look for something as large as a state government. Please provide us with an example or two of what has been centralized and what's maybe still out there within the agencies. I'm really a firm believer that the most important security work really has to happen down at the local agency level because those folks are most familiar with the day-to-day -day business operations of the government agency. So I think there's got to be security officers in all the agencies. But what we've been trying to do is figure out what are the processes that we can put in place that really could be run as centralized services. We really feel like vulnerability and threat management is something that we really have to perfect because there's so many new threat vectors every single day and we need to figure out a way that we can find and fix our vulnerabilities before they're actually exploited by hackers. So one of the things that we've done is we worked with the entire security community and we spec out our requirements and we actually designed and uh, and we installed a centralized vulnerability and threat management solution that can be used by all government entities. And the beauty of the solution is that in the past where we had vulnerability and threat and scanning operations really can only be done by some of the largest agencies that had sophisticated staffs, a lot of money to install and manage the hardware and software. But by doing this one time, we install one really good fault-tolerant architecture, but yet we give every organization the ability to schedule and manage their own scanning operations thereby giving the capability to everybody. And I believe that we really have world-class operation, also partnering with higher education so that we can actually manage vulnerabilities and threats across 150,000 endpoints, banning all the government agencies and including higher education. You can see the possibilities by working together, by leveraging our size. It levels the playing field of haves and have-nots, and it provides equal, if not better, security to those organizations that had something going on their own. We also see other areas that we think are ripe to have central solutions that can be shared as by other folks as well, but vulnerability and threat is one of the first things that we've really been working hard on in the state of Minnesota. Can you briefly just tell us uh, what those other areas are? Some of the other areas that are really ripe include the monitoring strategies. Security monitoring is costly. It's difficult for organizations to do on a case-by-case -case basis. So we're looking at technologies right now, such as intrusion detection and prevention run as a centralized service, also security information and event management. We're looking at ways to put together identity and access management through shared environments and also recovery strategies for continuity of operations. So these are some other examples of things that we're looking at now as potentially 
pulling out and trying to craft solutions that are centralized enterprise solutions that can actually be used by all the security officers. What are some examples of processes that will remain within the agencies? I still think the processes, all the processes, still have to reside in the agencies, particularly the big agencies. The way I look at it is even though there's going to be a centralized vulnerability and threat management solution and a centralized team to help manage that solution, I believe that the individual agencies still have the responsibility to schedule their own scans, to review the scan output, to actually remediate the vulnerabilities that are out in their environment. So the processes really remain in the agencies for all security domain. So they're the folks that know what's going on. They're the folks that have to do the work. What we're trying to do is shed them of the responsibility of building and managing and maintaining the tools that are needed to do that work. The federal government has FISMA, it has OMB, National Institute of Standards and Technologies. What is the equivalent in Minnesota? Our authority for our enterprise security program really rests in state law. The law says that our central group in the Office of Enterprise Technology has the authority and responsibility to define and set the security policies and standards. In fact, we even have the authority to install and manage um, the central security systems for the government as a whole. But the law is one thing, really how that applied really is an issue of governance. In order to have appropriate governance, and, and rather than rely on more of a stick approach, more of a carrot approach, what we've put in place is a statewide information security council. I kind of viewed them as my board of directors. Whether it's security solutions, security decisions, or even financial decisions and how we spend the money that the state legislature gives us to provide enterprise security, I feel like I should be able to look at the Information Security Council with everything and they should give me a thumbs up and say, yeah, we think you're on the right track. We think that you're actually making the right decisions. In fact, Information Security Council helped me form the state's first enterprise-wide security strategic plan. And now for this upcoming two-year funding biennium, we're even putting together collectively a tactical plan, which will lay out all of the core milestones across all of our security domains that we actually want to achieve during the upcoming biennium across all of our security areas. The program framework itself, though, we did choose to set our program framework up in a model that is very parallel to NIST. We think that's pretty important in our environment because we think the FISMA requirements, which are primarily directed right now at federal agencies, we think ultimately those requirements will be um, brought down to the state level. So we think by centering our program around the NIST model, by trying to follow the NIST guidelines, we think that we'll be in a better position to ultimately demonstrate compliance with the FISMA Act requirements if that ever actually comes down to the state level. And we also really like you know, the NIST documents and the NIST framework. I think the research that's put into NIST documents and the publications is simply outstanding. It's, it's really good literature, and NIST is well-funded. You also mentioned that you're preparing for the next budget. Are there sufficient funds in Minnesota to adequately secure IT? Absolutely not. I think that's the problem that everybody faces. So, you know, the challenge that we have is what can we do with the resources that are available to get the most bang for the buck? I'm big into having the whole community join forces and put together the tactical plan, but funding is definitely an issue. 
what are the things that give us the best security for the dollars that we have? And then what are those things that are really the tertiary items that we want to maybe look at as second things in line? But that's definitely a problem is that uh, there's simply not enough money. The other thing I think it's really important too is that it's difficult for me as the as the leader of a state government to say that there's not enough money to provide adequate security because there is enough money. State of Minnesota, when you look across all the different fund types that we manage, whether it's the pension funds and the general funds, I mean, a state government, even a Midwest farm state like Minnesota, we're looking at a $35 billion budget. So it's difficult, especially if you're a taxpayer, to hear somebody in government say, oh, there's not enough money to provide adequate security. The challenge that we have is the money is separated between a lot of different government entities that typically haven't worked but well together, putting the resources together to provide joint solutions. So that's one of the things that we really need to work on is how do we share the resources and make the money side of the operation come together so that we can actually fund and centrally manage a lot of the solutions that need to be in place. You know, when you look at government as a whole, there certainly is enough money to do what needs to be done. It's a matter of channeling all the disparate resources together with governance so that we can actually make enterprise-wide decisions that are in the best interest of everybody. That's Chris Boosie, Chief Information Security Officer of the State of Minnesota. I'll be talking with Chris again in my next podcast. Then Chris explains why even at lower pay, Minnesota can't compete with the private sector for those relatively scarce IT security specialists. Until next time, I'm Eric Chabro of the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening.